Set your mind on things above with Taken, a metaphysical fantasy audio drama. And now, the adventure continues with Divided, the days of Peleg. Chapter 21 The War Room and the Wise King Outside Time Location War Room Heaven's Realm Seventh Dimension Greetings, Captain. Lord Salonea bowed low as the Beloved entered the chamber. General Michael and the War Council will be joining us momentarily. I trust your mission on Adama was productive? It was, the Beloved answered. He unlatched the heavy gilded double-edged sword from his waist and replaced it on the wall of remembrance. The Lord of Hosts continued, And a bit fun, too. Even in the most dire circumstances, it was good using the Sword of Truth again. Aye, nothing can separate loyal from rebel like the Sword of Truth, Lord Salonea agreed. I wish you had been there to see him in action, General Michael said as he followed the Beloved into the room. He, too, placed his sword on the wall and took his seat next to the Lord of Hosts. When Captain struck the Rebel Tower, lightning flashed from the east to the west. Don't forget about the thunder, the one mind said, taking his place next to the Beloved around the circular table. The thunder was glorious. You should have seen those Rebels flee when Father thundered, the indigo flame said, laughing. The first of the seven spirits followed right behind the one mind and took a seat at the table. The tower cracked and... Don't forget the earthquake, the blue spirit said, slapping his leg. I wouldn't be surprised if that shifted the landmass a bit. Indeed it will, the one mind said. They needed a good shifting. Let us build a tower to heaven. We will never be scattered again. Just getting a bit too big for their own britches, I say. I agree wholeheartedly, the beloved said. But the one mind is being more than humble today. It was his actions that have brilliantly restored the sequence of purpose 1208 on Adama. Separating the speech by fire was perfect justice, the Ancient One said, suddenly appearing at his seat at the head of the table. For it was their tongue that erred, and thus their tongue was judged. Hear, hear, the War Council said in unison. Now that Lord Salonea, General Michael, and the remaining seven spirits were seated before the One Mind, the Beloved, and the Ancient of Days, the perfect table of twelve was complete. The meeting was called to order. As you are all aware, the Beloved said, opening the meeting, we have gathered to discuss the ongoing resolution of Adama and the reintegration of the Sons of Adam into Heaven's realm. Has the fail check already been enacted? The Violet Spirit asked. It surely has. Lord Salonea opened I-1704 for all to view. We see here that the Beloved filed the reconciliation execution order prior to Adam's transgression. Proper notice was given to all parties involved in the incident and the repercussions of said incident are being witnessed by a third objective party and representative from Adama. Here he is now. Yes, the one called Enix sits at his desk, noting all anomalies and verifying the fairness of all interventions on behalf of Adam. The beloved allowed Lord Salonea to update the council on the intricacies of the restoration of Adama for quite some time until General Michael brought up the subject of war. And just what would justify a physical confrontation from the host? The great general asked. Are we to let that Satan continue to wreak havoc without recourse? Heaven forbid, the beloved said. But free will must be honored at all costs. That could be problematic, the crimson spirit said. The wicked one's cunning and depravity knows no bounds. And the humans are naive at best and weak at their worst, the beloved said knowingly. 
which leads us to the main purpose of this meeting. The One Mind is ready to activate the seed and the code in Adama to help the humans who adhere to it. In other words, General Michael, the code will outline how the Sons of Adam can request assistance from the armies of the host. This satisfied the General. So, at this time, I will turn this meeting over to the One Mind, who will share the plan in detail. Immediately, the One Mind burst into action. Flames filled the room as he expounded on the nature of the seed to come, his dual identity, and the prophecies leading to his arrival. Meanwhile, the dispersal of the nations of Adama would protect those carrying the seed until the fullness of time, and when the One Mind revealed the Beloved's plan to write code inside the code, the Council was astounded. Do you mean to say each person will fulfill the code inside the code without any knowledge that they have done so? General Michael asked. Precisely, the Beloved said. It's brilliant, the Crimson Spirit declared. Thank you, the Beloved said. General Michael was almost speechless. You're telling us the plan is essentially foolproof. Each marker or person's part in the plan is determined in advance by their sequence in the plan, but the person fulfills their part of the plan of their own free will because of their inherent nature. Yet, a person cannot fail the plan because they don't even know the plan or of their own role in it. Unless, the beloved said, they discover how to interpret the code. If a person understands how to interpret the code, they could discover their role in the plan. Oh my, the violet spirit said. But then the plan could fall into the wrong hands. If that Satan gets access to the plan inside the code, he could destroy each person's destiny. Exactly, the beloved said, smiling. But here is the beauty of the code. It is locked. Okay, the hidden father said. You might as well tell them. You know these word number games of yours are no fun unless someone else knows how to play. The one mind is the key, the beloved said. No man will be able to interpret this code without access to the one mind. And the only way to access the one mind, Lord Salonea said, is through obedience to the Ancient One and the Beloved. No rebel could ever know or understand the code, General Michael added. Indeed, the one mind said, his own rebellion would lock him out. The general chuckled. I get it now. A rebel could read the code, study the code, and hear the code, and still not understand any of it. The general laughed so hard he snorted. It really is foolproof. It even says so in the code. Right here, only the fool says in his heart there is no God. But because he is a fool, he could read this and still not believe it. Unfortunately, General Michael had the kind of laugh that made everyone laugh. Soon there wasn't a straight face at the table. Nice pun, beloved, the one mind said after the council finally settled down. Since the council is one on this matter, we will begin the preparations to distribute the code and activate the seed. We have already identified the next one chosen to carry the seed. Have you confirmed young Peleg then? The beloved asked. Indeed, the one mind said. His actions at the tower confirmed his role. He hears and obeys my voice well. Agreed, the hidden father said. Only the obedient will carry the seed. Additionally, the one mind continued, the confusion of speech will isolate the tribes. We will begin tracking Peleg's offspring to leave clues for the seed to find in the code. So how many tongues have the tribes now? Lord Salonea asked. Seventy, the beloved said, which also coincides with their nations and the prophecies that complete the restoration. Of course, Lord Salonea said, a perfect number. I should have known. I'll have the archives and the code updated to reflect a recurrence of seventy in purpose 1208. Excellent, the beloved said. Are there any more questions? 
A few members of the War Council had questions for the One Mind about the Code. He answered them, revealing even more fascinating aspects of the book and the heroes that would emerge from it. Finally, all hearts were full. Then the Violet Spirit said it best, Selah. After a long pause, the members exited the chamber. Beloved, it was so good to see you in action again. Lord Salineo pulled the Lord of Hosts to the side. Would you like me to have your suit of armor shined and mounted for the next time? Nah, the Beloved said. I had so much fun, I think I'll keep it on for a while. The Beloved left the council meeting and was headed straight for the Department of Progressions. He wanted to check in on Enoch before going over to the courthouse to hear cases until dinner at low light. Normally, he would just appear wherever he needed, but today, he decided to walk. The Beloved walked through his favorite season, spring and the third dimension. His slow pace up the stone path and the gentle breeze blowing across the hills and through the flowering treetops reminded him of his walks with Adam. The Beloved sighed. Just then, he sensed someone else, loving to walk and longing to talk, too. The Beloved stopped and thought for a moment. Why not? It was so much fun the last time. The Beloved grinned from ear to ear. Immediately, he sent his armor to Lord Salinea for polishing, with the thought that it should be so. The Elder, an assistant to the Beloved, would find it waiting in his office when he arrived for duty. Then, as he remembered the robes of the wise old king, they appeared and fell around his form perfectly. The Beloved turned around slowly, and the full dark beard and long hair of a respected father appeared. Finally, the Beloved saw the place he wanted to go and made it ready for his arrival. Then, he continued walking down the path, whistling a little tune as he strolled along. Pelex Time Location, City of Salem Pelex trudged back up the path to the Seven Hills to the city of Seth. He still liked using the old names his father Eber had taught him, even though it was called Salem now. Again, he found himself walking alone, hoping and praying. He did much more of that these days. The voice always burned within him, it seemed. Peleg went past the old sign swinging at the city gate, Salem, City of Peace. But the P was missing, so the peace was broken. He laughed at the unintended pun. Ah, it is just as well, Peleg muttered. He was getting used to things changing. The marketplace was far different than it was during his last visit. Just a few carts laden with goods mulled about the city that had been so busy before. Many of the shops were boarded up, and Palek couldn't help but listen to the confusion that was so common now. Two men sat facing each other, one chattering and the other chittering over a crumpled papyrus using hand signals to trade. Nes tu va, se, said one. Ax time gut ant machen at? The other replied, shaking his head. Neither had a clue as to what the other was saying. After several frustrating minutes of trying to understand each other, they simply gave up. Finally, the first man picked up a jar full of produce and handed it to the second man. The second man seemed confused, but then decided to just give the other fellow something off his cart. He handed him a bundle of cloth. The first man was still confused, but he accepted the bundle, smiled, and walked toward a group of people heading out the city gate. He waved farewell to the man and joined the caravan. Their donkeys and wagons were loaded down. The people riding on them and walking alongside spoke with excitement. They all spoke the same thing. Peleg smiled. He was happy for them. Peleg yearned for that too. He hoped he would find it here, near the home of Father Shem. Surely King Melchizedek will speak the same tongue as me. He just has to. 
Pele kicked rocks to ease his frustration. I have not had anyone to speak with since the incident at the tower. He wanted to share all that happened with someone. He couldn't even speak with his own father anymore. When he and Jockton found Father Eber after the tower incident, he was a broken man. Father Eber was so devastated that Jockton's speech had changed. He became depressed and spoke very little. Within a few days, Jockton decided to leave with Anisi's family and head east. One evening, Jockton gathered his portion of the flocks and his possessions, gave him and Father Eber a teary farewell, and then left at the break of dawn to join his new bride and her family. Apparently, Anisi's mother made the arrangements for the couple to wed after Elder Sheba's death in the tower. She was elated to find a young man who could speak their language to provide for her and her daughter. That's when Pelek decided to visit Melchizedek. The wise king would know what to do. Pelek looked up and burst into a grin. There was the old king standing outside the gate at the top of the hill. Pelek started running and laughing. He ran faster and faster until finally he ran straight into King Melchizedek's outstretched arms. Young Pelek, he said, what took you so long? You know it's rude to keep an old man waiting. Father Shem, Father Shem, Pelek cried. You can speak. I mean, I can understand you. Pelek choked up. The tears held back for so many days flowed freely. I'm so glad to see you. And I you, King Melchizedek said, giving him a big hug. Well, don't just stand there. Come in, come in. He took Pelek's sack and walked with him into the house on the hill. I have had the cocoa simmering all morning, just waiting for your arrival. You have good news, I take it. Peleg was glad that Father Shem was just as excited as he was. Indeed, Peleg said, I heard the voice, just like you said I would. Go on, go on, Melchizedek said, taking his place at the low table. Peleg sat down next to him, picked up a steaming mug of the rich, sweet drink. You will never believe what happened. As soon as I got near Babel, I ran into... Peleg and the old king talked for hours and hours. The great king Melchizedek was very much interested in hearing all the details of his time in Babel and what became of the tower. And Melchizedek told him a great many things too. He gave advice as to what he should do next and assured him that he would someday find others who spoke as he did and a good wife as well. He encouraged him to keep listening to the voice for he said the voice would always guide him in the right direction. Help was always just a prayer away. Peleg would have talked longer too, but his eyelids grew heavy and sleep wrapped itself around him like a warm, familiar blanket. He felt someone guide him over to a pallet near the fire and tuck him in as if he was that eight-year-old who first came to visit so many years ago. Finally, Peleg slept, dreaming of flashing light and fire that walked to and fro the room. When Peleg awoke, the sun was high and birds chirped cheerfully outside the window. Peleg sat up and looked around. The fire still had a couple of logs burning on it. This is a fine morning. Pelek stood to stretch. He was in the habit of talking to himself now. Somehow hearing himself say something good always made him feel better. Pelek quickly tidied up the room and put some eggs over the fire to cook. He then set a couple of loaves of bread near the fire to warm. I'll have ready breakfast for Melchizedek in no time. Sure enough, just as Pelek was loading the hot food onto plates, the door swung open and in stepped the old king. Who's there? Melchizedek said, placing a hand over his eyes to shield the sun's bright rays. He entered the room. What is the meaning of this? He asked sternly. He rose to his full height and continued gruffly. I am in the custom of showing hospitality to strangers, but it is proper to wait outside until invited. But Father Shem, Pelek said, 
It's me, Peleg. Peleg? Father Shem repeated. Yes, Peleg said. Don't you remember? You met me at the gate and invited me in yourself. You even had the cocoa ready, and we talked all night. Father Shem shook his head. No, my son, he said adamantly. You are mistaken. I have been away communing with Father Noah all this past year. I left only a couple of servants nearby in the village to keep the house in my absence. I am not mistaken, Pelik said. I came and talked to you. You told me about our entire family, about Father Noah and the flood, about your three sons and the terrible secret. You even told me to listen for the voice. You told me to destroy the image in the tower. I did talk to you. It had to be. Ah, Father Shem said, interrupting the young man. I think I know what happened now. Describe the man you spoke with. He was you. I mean, he is you. Pelik stammered while he thought about it. Father Shem smiled and asked, Did he call himself Melchizedek? Pelik was surprised. Yes, he said his name was Melchizedek, and I called him Father Shem, too. I think you met another one, Father Shem said, one far greater than I. Pelik's eyes grew wide. Sit down, my son, Father Shem said. Pelik obeyed. I believe you met the Melchizedek. He often comes to meet those who have won a great battle. You are blessed indeed, Father Shem said, for you have met our king and priest, the Lord God himself, and lived. Blessed be the God of Peleg. May he reign forever. Blessed be his name indeed, Peleg exclaimed. Do you know what this means, young Peleg? Father Shem asked. No. It means you have been confirmed as the chosen son, Father Shem said. Your name will be noted on our stone tablets, for you have a role to play. Why, that is exactly what he told me last time, Pelik said. He went on to tell Father Shem all that the Melchizedek had spoken. You know, it's funny, Father Shem said. Your destiny was always hidden inside your name. Pelik means division. The good Lord God has used you to make a division between the holy and the unclean, and will continue to do so. The wise father continued. While your brother Jockton's name means less significant, the Lord will bless him too, but he has made a distinction between the two of you. There is no doubt about it now. You are the bearer of the seed. Value this honor above all, for the Lord God honors those who honor him. Teach your children to do the same and you will be blessed indeed. That is exactly what the Melchizedek said, Pelik replied. This has turned out to be a joyous and sacred occasion, Father Shem said and most opportune, too. The good news calls for a sacrifice and a feast. Indeed, Pelik said. Shall I prepare the altar and the fire? That would be most helpful, young Pelik, Father Shem said. I will bring the sacrifice. Are you going to kill the fatted calf? Pelik asked with excitement. After the sacrifice and prayers were offered, they could eat the rest and Pelik was starving. No, my son, Father Shem said. The chosen son must always offer a lamb without blemish. Never forget that. Pelik promised the wise father he wouldn't. They sat together and talked a good long time after the sacrifice was made. Finally, Father Shem brought out his stone tablets. Pelik smiled as they began reading the tales of old from the very beginning. Pelik pulled out his tool and etched the symbols needed to add his name and his adventure in Babel to the stone tables. He paused before making a mark. The fire burned within him. The voice spoke. Father Shem nodded. Aye. I hear the voice too, my son. He placed a hand over Pelik's. Your tale is not for the stone tablets, Father Shem said, although your name will be noted. Indeed, 
Peleg said with a mysterious smile. This tale is better passed along from chosen son to chosen son. This concludes this chapter of Divided, The Days of Peleg. If you enjoyed this excerpt and just can't wait for the next chapter, download Divided ebook through Amazon Kindle and read it for free with Amazon Prime. Also, please check back for upcoming chapters on this podcast channel. Remember, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. Please, share this uplifting read with your friends and get ready to soar. Thank you again for listening, and may the favor of the Ancient One be on you.